social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin. And today, I'm so excited to introduce you to Lauren Berger. Lauren Berger is the CEO and founder of InternQueen.com, which is a free internship destination for young people, attracting hundreds of thousands of ambitious young people every month. She's known as the Intern Queen as she successfully completed 15 internships at high-profile companies like Fox, MTV, and NBC during her four years in college, which led to the successful launch of her own business in 2009. She's written two amazing books. She's been featured on The Today Show, Fox & Friends, The Marie Osmond Show, The New York Times, Seventeen Magazine, to name just a few. I'm so excited to have her on the show. We've been in love with her at Likeable Media for a very long time and have used her, and she's done terrific stuff. And so welcome, Lauren, to the show. Thank you for having me. Lauren, we're just so impressed. I know, you know, Likeable Media has had a a pretty substantial internship program for a long time. And I remember uh, when we first saw you, we were like, this girl really gets it. And so I would love to hear the story of how this all came to be. Sure. Well, like you said, I had 15 internships when I was in college, and they were all such beneficial experiences. And they taught me so much about both who I who I was and who I wanted to be, both personally and professionally. And I left college. I, you know, like many students, needed to get a job. My parents weren't going to give me any money. And uh, I moved out to Los Angeles. I graduated school in Florida. I had my first job at Creative Artist Agency working in the motion picture talent department as an assistant, a very common first job. (laughs) And I just couldn't get rid of this idea I had, which was to start an internship company where I could be sort of the face and the voice behind internship and career advice for young people. Um, I knew from my experiences as an intern that it was hard to find internships, specifically in the business, marketing, and PR categories. So I set out to be the voice, the person, and really the space that young people go to to connect with their dream internship and career opportunities. So I launched internqueen.com in 2009. I had $5,000 worth of savings, not much (laughs) when you're living in Los Angeles. And here we are. Uh, September is actually my the five-year anniversary of my business. So... Look at how far we've come. <laughs> That's amazing. What an incredible story and just a, a great symbol of entrepreneurship in, in general. Uh, tell me about how, so what was your original strategy for monetization? If you had very little in, in savings, was it that you built it up and had advertisers? How did you first start generating revenue for Intern Queen? It's funny that you ask that because when I first started, I don't think I wasn't thinking like an entrepreneur. I was not a business major. I was a communications major in school. And I thought that I could just answer intern queen fan mail all day, (laughs) help students connect with internships, and everything would work out. 
and I had a rude awakening because I learned very, I learned very quickly that you really, you can be as passionate as you want about a brand or about an idea or about a concept. But if you don't have a financial strategy, if you can't monetize what you're doing, then you can't keep the lights on and it's not going to work. So I very quickly had to shift gears. And when I first started, I couldn't even afford to pay my web designer to build a website. I mean, websites, as you guys know, get so expensive. Yep. So it was really all based on my speaking career. I mean, I remember my first speaking engagement in 2008. I got paid $250 <laughs> to speak at a community college in Iowa. And I thought I was living the dream. That's <laughs> so, amazing. Um, at the beginning, I really used my expertise and what I'd learned from my internships. Um, and I established myself as a speaker. I was blogging and speaking everywhere. And that was really how I sustained myself for the first year until the website was fully launched and functional. And so it sounds like you really just got by until you were ready to fully launch with the website. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember I would have a goal. I would say, okay, you know, I'd have a self-motivation talk. Okay, Lauren, you're going to call 40 colleges every day. And that's how you're going to book, you know, you're going to book yourself out for speaking. And again, at that point, I was only booking at about $200 top. So I had to book a lot of speaking engagements. But I would wake up every morning and I would make my 40 phone calls. And I hustled. And it, you know, I got it done. But it definitely, it didn't come easy. And I look at, you know, a lot of other entrepreneurs have had a lot of success with investor money and raising a lot of capital. And they've definitely had a different experience than I have. (laughs) Right. It's definitely uh, different when when you're hustling every day. And you did it on your own. It sounds like you really did. But that's something to be very proud of. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, looking back, it's it's amazing to see that I went from you know just being a girl in a you know in my studio apartment that was using my corner um, to work out of. It was just me and my laptop. To you know, now we have we have a staff. We have five uh, full time employees um, in New York and L A. And uh, everything's really taken off. And you're working with a bunch of major brands. I know I've seen stuff with Ford, DSW, L'Oreal. It's it's really great. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, we're doing a lot of really interesting brand collaborations. And I just, you know, I want to remind everybody listening that the way I, people always say, oh, you must get so many phone calls. And I say, oh, no, (laughs) oh, no. I call everyone. I find everyone. And then they say no. And then I follow up with them 10 times until they say yes. So rejection is part of the process. It's how I got to where I am today. And I always tell, you know, people of every age to embrace rejection and fall in love with rejection because it's the only way to get to where you want to be. I love that. Fall in love with rejection. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so social, I I assume, played a really large part in building your audience, correct? Absolutely. I mean, when you have no budget for, I mean, literally when people say, oh, how much money do you spend on advertising? I laugh and I say zero. (laughs) We don't have an advertising budget. (laughs) So social media, specifically Twitter, has really um, shaped our business and it continues to be a main um, source of, you know, how we get students, how we attract users, uh, potential users and leads to our site. Um, both on the employer side, we attract employers uh, to post on our site through Twitter, and we attract a large uh, student audience through Twitter as well. 
And you have a really big social following, particularly on Twitter with over 38,000, uh, 35,000 Twitter followers. How do you manage to engage with them? And did you build that kind of organically, what, one by one, like sort of brick by brick in the, in the Twitter sphere? Do you, did you, is that how you kind of built that audience? Is it overall just engaging? Are there any tips for people who want to build an audience? It's funny, as you said that, I just clicked on my, my profile to see when I joined Twitter. <laughs> it looks like uh, I joined in so September, uh, September 2008, so a year before I started doing this full-time. And yeah, I, I mean, I really think it's been, it's been one by one. Um, I think when everybody started Twitter, everyone was following everybody back all the time, and it was like you were following 38,000 people. So we stopped doing that very early on, and we, we realized that Twitter wasn't very helpful when you're following everyone in the world, so we right. tried to limit that a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we've done a lot of different strategies uh, for Twitter over the years. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's really important for my users to know that we're not just a business, but we're, we're actually, there's actually humans behind our business, and Twitter definitely allows us to do that. So it's nice to be able to tweet out, you know, for us, it's internship opportunities and promote our blog posts. But also be able to engage and just tweet random thoughts. Like I literally just tweeted, Joan Rivers was such an inspiration. What a strong woman. And, you know, that got a lot of engagement. But it's nice to be able to have a voice and have an outlet and let our followers know that we're not just one of these other, you know, internship or career sites. There's actually a person um, and some human emotions behind it. And I think Twitter really helps us get that across. Awesome. And so your first book was called All Work, No Pay, Finding an Internship, Building Your Resume, Making Connections, and Gaining Job Experience, which is a national bestseller. Tell me a little bit about writing that book and pulling it together and what what overall listeners, our listeners can get from reading the book. Sure. So it's funny. When I was in college, that's when I, my senior year of college is when I had my entire intern queen idea. That's when the light bulb went off. And I bought the web domain, but I was in no position to really do anything with my website. I was using intern queen as a blogging platform, Mm -hmm. if that, and I was rarely keeping up with it. But I did have this idea to write an internship book because whenever I went to the bookstore, the only internship book that used to exist, it doesn't even exist anymore, was the Princeton Review's Internship Bible that some people might remember. It was a huge textbook. Um, But there was nothing else. And, you know, again, I really, I always say I want to be the Rachel Ray of the career and internship space. And there was no one like that speaking to young people in a positive, motivating way about their future. So that was the goal. So I got a book. I used to go to Barnes & Noble all the time and just sit there for hours and read these business books and read about how to write a book proposal. So I put together a book proposal all about internships and how to make the most of them. I sent it out to all of these agents and publishers, and I got the nastiest emails back. (laughs) I mean, and I still have some of them, and they just say, Lauren, Internships are a topic that no one cares about. No one will publish this book. You have no platform, no credibility. It's never going to work. And I mean, some letters were really, really harsh. And so, you know, you you try to be open to feedback. And I took the uh, criticism as constructively as I could. And I said, okay, I have to build a platform. And so, you know, once I started Intern Queen, I did it for about a year or two. I continued to build out my platform. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to try again. Again, rejection doesn't mean never. It just means not right now. So I went back and I emailed a lot of different agents. I found a great one after a lot of trial and error. Um, she's been with me since 2010. 
And, um, you know, she helped me really refine my book proposal and find my voice, which was really hard for me because I think as a speaker, you tend to write how you speak. And sometimes that doesn't translate right um, when you're writing a book. (laughs) So it took a while to find that tone that was friendly and spunky, but yet authoritative. But once we found it, um, I was really able to run with it. So it was a great experience. And like you said, All Work, No Pay came out in 2012. And it is all about how to find an internship and how to make the most of it. There's a ton of resume, cover letter, samples in there, sample interview questions. So I would say for anybody that's dealing with the internship search, the job search, or just wants to know how to be prepared or how to be successful at an internship, it's the book for you. So Lauren, how has the landscape really changed? I know that unpaid internships were really big um, back, you know, in the early 2000s and and looking at even the 90s. Uh, Has it changed significantly now with I know there's been a lot of changes in, in the law. And so have you seen a lot of change and how has that impacted the internship um, kind of category? Yeah, I think that when I when I started the business in 2009, it was very popular for students to intern their junior or senior year of college. A lot of the internships were unpaid if they were business, marketing, communications, entertainment related, and your paid internships were always like your Goldman Sachs internships, right. um, you know, and the, the engineering and the tech internships. Um, so it has changed a little, I think, mo- or it has changed a lot. I think mostly in the amount of time people are spending talking about internships. There's just a lot of talk and a lot of activity around internships. I think it really started around 2008, 2009 when I was launching the business um, because of the uh, because of everything happening with the economy. People were getting laid off, so everybody was talking about the fact that employers were firing employees and increasing the amount of interns they were hiring, and that was raising a lot of red flags. Today, we're not hearing as much about that, but over the past three years, there have been tons of major, major lawsuits against some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, And those all have to do with the interns not being paid. So I think a lot of big companies like Warner Brothers or Viacom, who I thought would never pay their interns, have decided to start paying their interns. So the lawsuits have definitely helped to raise awareness, if nothing else. And I think companies are either starting to pay their interns or they're just starting to pay a little bit more attention to their internship programs, which is so important because these students deserve attention and they deserve a well-rounded, structured experience, whether it's unpaid or paid. It's important. The most important thing is they is that these students leave internships with the most beneficial, life-changing experience and so much more knowledge about themselves and their career path. So it sounds like the most important criteria for the internship program is that you're actually focused on adding value to them, right? Is that you're adding a stru- something that they're getting yeah, value and learning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for so many companies, internships are the last priority. I mean, you wouldn't believe that some of the conversations I have with internship coordinators, with HR directors, and you know, it makes sense because it's smaller companies. There's not an internship department. There Sometimes there's not even an HR department. So the title of internship coordinator is usually just thrown at a junior level executive who is not a decision maker. So they are never going to make big decisions that are really going to impact the entire company because they're a junior level executive. So I just encourage companies to have an internship policy 
follow it through, filter it from the top, you know, the CEO down. Everyone should know what the interns can do, what the interns can't do. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a two-way street. Interns are extremely beneficial to a company. And if the internship program is conducted properly, you're literally testing and training a new talent pool. Um, you know, ultimately, if a company can just hire former interns, I mean, that's great for a company. They basically have entry-level employees that have already worked for the business. It's, it can really be a great situation if, um, if run properly. Absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, you speak to hundreds of college students and uh, likely thousands every year. And so when you're speaking to them, do you give them any advice around social media when they're looking to get an internship? Are there do's and don'ts in social media that you think that prospective interns should focus on? Yeah, I think it's about being, I think it's just being aware of their personal brand. I think at this point, everybody, you know, I, I, we've, we've all beat the topic of having appropriate social media content over the head time and time again. Yeah. Everyone knows they can't have naked pictures, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not that they can't have naked pictures, but they, you know, their, their alcohol pictures, their weird faces. Their they can't share them socially. Jokes, their right. words just needs to be gone. Yep. Um, so I think everyone knows that. So I think now the conversation is, okay, how can we use social media strategically? Um, I always talk about consistency when I'm interviewing a student for a potential job or internship. Um, I always ask what social platforms they use because as a business owner, it's important that I hire people that can help with those social channels. And if a student says, oh, I use Twitter, and then I go as the employer and look at their Twitter page, and I realize they haven't updated it in two months, I'm going to be hesitant. So I think consistency is important. I tell, uh, I tell young people to select which platforms you're going to use and use them well and use them consistently. Um, and then when they're finding a job, I think it's important for them to be following uh, their, their dream companies on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr, whatever it is, and engaging with them. Um, I mean, an example is that I need to get on Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat. <laughs> My audience is getting younger and yes. younger yes. and they love Snapchat and I have to figure it out. So I looked my entry level employees, you know, the girls that work for me that just graduated college and our interns to say, help, I don't get it. My younger brother uses Snapchat and I don't understand. I don't know what picture goes on Twitter right. versus Instagram versus Snapchat and I need help. So I look to these young entry level hires to have some advice for me and to be able to steer me as the business owner in the right direction. So I think social media and just strong knowledge of it is so important. That's dead on. And it's so interesting how uh, certain networks, if you even if you're relatively you know early in the workforce, it's, it's after a certain amount of time, all the new networks emerge. And unless you're, you know, really immersed in using them, it can be very challenging to figure out what which networks to use and how for your business. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. So tell me about how you work with some of the, your larger scale clients and how you put together programs for them. How does that work? How does working with Intern Queen work? Sure. So with Intern Queen, you know, we are bringing in revenue from a few different ways. Um, obviously, the meat and potatoes of our business is our, are the internship postings on our website. That's employers paying to post their internships on our site. However, it, it's very ironic because even though that's the most important part, of, arguably the most important part of our business, it's definitely not the highest stream of income. Um, we actually um, 
make the most money um, through anything endorsement related. So whenever I'm doing a brand endorsement or my speaking career or my books, things like anything kind of based around me. Um, and then also uh, we have this whole campus marketing agency arm to our business. So we call ourselves the IQ agency. Ah. <laughs> um, but we do a lot of campus marketing programs for brands and we try to make sure that they fit in with our intern queen brands, meaning that, any campus campaign that we're going to um, promote is going to be career-oriented and is going to help young people get to where they want to be. So we're not going to work with Jack Daniels and help them find students to sample at college bars. You know, that's not what... We could do it, but that's not what Intern Queen's about. And, you know, over the past two years... We've grown in that we've become, we've we're in a position where we can be selective and we can say no when the Jack Daniels of the world you know come knocking on the door, which is nice. Um, and we really try to make decisions that are smart for the brand. Um, but for example, uh, I created a great program with the Ford Motor Company. It's called the Ford College Challenge. You can check it out fordcollegechallenge.com. It just launched yesterday. Awesome. Um, but it's at nine universities across the United States and young people apply to be um, team captains. And essentially we're going to have one school at, or one team at nine different universities and they're all competing against one another in a series of marketing and social media related challenges. So each challenge is designed to give the students real world workplace experience. And then the team that performs the best overall get a once-in-a-lifetime trip to the Ford headquarters in Detroit. They get to meet with the executives, um, and they just get this whole behind-the-scenes look at the Ford Motor Company. I went on the winning trip last year with the team, and it was life-changing for me, and I'm not in school anymore. Um, And they each get a cash prize, and they're eligible for paid internships for next summer. So that's an example of a really unique, authentic campaign that I worked really hard on with uh, the Ford Motor Company to create a beneficial marketing experience for young people. I love that. So, you know, that's an in-depth look at one of our uh, brand collaborations, but it's a lot of things that that are similar, and everything has the, uh, you know, the student's best interest. That's such at the a part of it. It's such a great example. And I love how the prize and everything about it relates back to the brand. It's all about, you know, overall getting a job long term and getting an internship. It's I really love that. It's terrific. It sounds like a lot of this is built around your personal brand, right? So you have these two books and you really built this and you're speaking and doing endorsements and all of these these things. I'm curious, Lauren, how you would describe your personal brand if you had like three words to describe it. Three words to Three describe words. a personal brand. I would say, um, I would say, don't take no for an answer. <laughs> I would say that uh, relentless. It you know, could my be relentless. Personal brand is all about educating people on how to go after what they want. So tenacity sounds like you you have a lot of tenacity and you're pretty relentless. So I I really I love it. You got a lot of a lot of great <laughs> grit there. It's pretty awesome. Thank and so, you. So it sounds like that's that's the advice you would have for young inspiring both entrepreneurs and and for aspiring interns. Right? Is don't take no for an answer. Right. It's don't take no for an answer. Push yourself outside of your comfort zone and. Just write your own, I mean, it sounds cliche, but write your own story. And I, one of the new catchphrases, uh, my new book, Welcome to the Real World, uh, came out in April. And one of my big catchphrases is FIO, figure it out. Oh, I love <laughs> it, FIO. FIO. So tell us a little bit about the book, about Welcome to the Real World. Um, so Welcome to the Real World, is, it was a really fun project for me. Um, this year, we've 
we've really tried to grow the Intern Queen brand. And again, I launched this company in 2009, and a lot of the students that used my site as interns have now graduated. And they are in their first, second, and third jobs. They're working for really exciting companies all over the board, all over the world, and they're coming back to me for advice. And so I, I said to myself, well, I have to grow with my students. And it's fun for me because I've been talking about internships for 2009. I'm always going to continue to be the intern green to talk about internships. But it's exciting to talk about first, second, and third job advice as well. So I launched um, sort of the big sister site to Intern Queen, which is laurenbergerinc.com. And along with that, my second book, Welcome to the Real World, came out in April. And again, it's all about how to excel in that first, second, or third job after college. And I mentioned earlier, my first job was at Creative Artist Agency, one of the, if not the biggest most powerful talent agency in the world. I worked with, I was there from 2006 to 2008. I worked with all the it girls at the time, (laughs) AKA the uh, disasters. um, (laughs) It was, it was chaotic and it was crazy. And I always say, no one told me what that first job was going to be like. No one warned me that my life was about to flip upside down. And I was a prepared candidate. Yep. I had 15 internships, yep. and I just had no idea, and the real world really threw me a curveball, and I had no idea what I was doing, and so this is the book that I wish I had. I wish someone told me how to handle my professional life and my personal life all at the same time. I was actually just talking to somebody about this, about my first job after school and how I used to come home on Fridays. And it wasn't like I actually liked my job. It was just very chaotic. But I would just like collapse because I I was just not used to the real world. And I had had many internships as well. And it's just it's just different. So I think the book is is uh, highly needed. So I I think it's awesome that you've written it. And and hopefully. And so if people want to check it out, they can go actually to your site, laurenbergerinc.com, right? Oh, yeah, they can go to any site, and then the book's available. Um, both books are available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or at any bookstore. And where should people follow you, Lauren? At Intern Queen on Twitter and Instagram and internqueen.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for being such a terrific guest, and you really, and for teaching our listeners not to take no for an answer. It's a pretty, pretty strong message. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Lauren. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.